right. Well, today we're going to be studying um, a passage not in Hebrews. I'll save that for Pastor Rick next week. Um, but we'll be in the book of Ephesians. Um, I've never been to war. Um, I know that some of you guys have, and I can't even begin to imagine what it's like to be there and be in war. But I know one thing, um, and that's that you need to be well prepared for battle. Right? You need to have all your gear, all your equipment. You need to have you need to be trained, right? You need to be mentally prepared. You need to be organized. A few years ago, um, Brad Skrin and I, or actually it was his idea, he had a crazy idea of biking the circumference of Okinawa in one sitting. And sure enough, I was like, hey, let's do it. <laughs> so I think, uh, if I remember correctly, we left around 8 p.m., um, biked throughout the night. We got back around 4 or 5 p.m. the next day. Um, so it was a long bike ride, um, and <laughs> I had just eaten Bollywood curry right before. <laughs> and as much as it's yummy, man, I will tell you, it is not that good the second time. <laughs> um, but all jokes aside, Brad and I did um, our best to prepare for this bike ride, this 20-hour-plus bike ride. And we got water, we got all our energy bars, our gels, uh, we even took Gatorade bottles, the smaller ones that can fit in our um, bottle holder, and we drank the whole thing. We filled it with trail mix so that we can just constantly have something in our mouth. <laughs> you know, we need to be eating or something every hour. So we, ha- we did that. We-, we were as prepared as we could be. Brad even had um, those energy gels taped to his bike so he can just rip it off and just <laughs> straight into his mouth. You know, what a pro. <laughs> um, but as you guys get ready for different events, right, trips, hikes, um, and war, right, we need to be prepared. We need to have our gear. We need to have our equipment, our energy bars, or whatever. We need to be prepared. Today I want to talk about spiritual warfare that we all go through every day, but more so how we can prepare for it on the daily basis and how we can win the battles every day. Man, I think about the people recorded in Scripture for us who overcame temptation right, and came out victorious. And they were well prepared for the temptation and for the battle that was coming every day. Think about Joseph who was tempted by uh, Potiphar's wife day after day. Right, finally being able to just run away um, from that temptation. If it wasn't for him being prepared daily to fight the battle, uh, who knows what would have happened. But he was prepared, and he was able to escape that. Think about Daniel, who, when the law came down that no man should pray to anyone else but the king, that didn't stop him, did it? He was prepared for the worst. He was prepared to even die for Jesus, for the Lord. You think about Jesus himself. When he was tempted in the wilderness by Satan, he overcame temptation because he was prepared for battle. See, if we're living this life today not ready for battle, not ready for spiritual warfare, not aware of what's happening in the spiritual realm, thinking that everything's going to be okay, we're being deceived and we need to wake up. 
and realize how serious spiritual warfare is. It's a real thing that's happening every day, right now. And we need to put on our armor that we'll talk about today. We need to prepare ourselves for war. You might not even realize that you're in spiritual warfare right now. What's going on every day? And that's why this, this is something that we need to be uh, reminded of often. That this is actually going on. That we need to be putting on, being conscious about putting on the armor every day. Because this is something that happens all the time. Today, we'll be in Ephesians chapter 6. Uh, if you need a Bible, please raise your hand. Uh, Genoa map in the back will bring you one. So just raise it really high. There you go. All right. Well, let's all stand if you have your Bibles. Uh, in honor of God's word, we'll read Ephesians chapter 6 from verse 10 all the way down to verse 20. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 through 20. Paul says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, verse 13, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. Being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. And for me, that utterance may be given to me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that in it, I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Let's pray. God, I pray that you will just speak to everyone in here today. God, that you will remind us the, the need, Lord, that we have to put on the armor daily. Lord, to be aware of the spiritual warfare that's going on. Father, I pray that you will um, just... Soften hearts, open ears, or that you will speak through me today to everyone in here. We love you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, I'll give you guys a little time to greet your neighbors, and then you may have a seat. As I read this portion of scripture, and it's a very famous scripture, uh, portion of scripture, you guys all probably know it, but it catches my attention, uh, especially this time, it caught my attention, how many times Paul says to stand. <laughs> this is our posture, right? Our spiritual battle, as we fight our spiritual battle, this needs to be our posture, to stand. 
We are not to be lazy soldiers who are just sitting down all the time, laying down all the time. We need to be standing, ready, proactive for anything. We're ready for anything. Stand your ground. Don't, don't get knocked down. Maybe you're here today and you're discouraged or anxious about something. There are so many things happening with the coronavirus, right? And it's affecting so many people in so many ways. And maybe you're feeling anxious or discouraged. But if I can encourage you guys today, don't get knocked off your feet. All you have to do is stand. Stay standing. And don't be moved. Stand in the Lord, right? We read that here. Stand in the Lord and stand with the Lord. Be strong in the Lord. See, the enemy, uh, the devil would try everything in his power to knock us down, to discourage us, and to pull us away from the Lord, right? He does everything he can. But we need to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might, as we read in verse 10. Paul gives instructions here to be strong in the Lord, right? He doesn't just say, hey, be strong, because he knows. <laughs> he knows that we're not strong on our own. And there's nothing we can do to stand against the devil on our own strength. The truth is, the devil is more powerful than us. He's smarter than us. The Bible tells us he's cunning. And our strength is not strong enough. Our power is not powerful enough. But when we depend on the power of God, the devil will stand no chance. We read in Romans 8.31, right? Paul says, What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? And if you jump down to verse 37, he says, Yet in all things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor death, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Right? Nothing can separate us from God. I have a little secret for you guys today. We have a power available, this power that's more powerful than anything, available to us at all times. 24-7. It's not just from 9 to 5. <laughs> Anytime we need it, we have access to God's power and his strength. See, you might not feel strong on your own, and you're right. We are weak And we cannot stay standing in our own power. The devil will knock us down if we try to stand in our own power. However, we have access to God's infinite power at all times. So let's lean on him. Let's access that power. And we serve a loving, powerful God. Another thing I want to touch on this morning is that power comes from the filling of the Holy Spirit. Just in the previous chapter, in verse 18, Paul talks about being filled with the Spirit, right? Think about all the people in the Bible who did amazing things for God. Powerful things for God. In the name of the Lord. 
Right? I think about Samson, who, who had supernatural strength, almost as strong as Chris. I'm just right? Samson had supernatural strength, but it wasn't because he hit the gym seven days a week, five hours a day. <laughs> it was the filling of the Spirit that allowed him to have this strength. How about Deborah, who led the Israel to defeat the Canaanites? Or Daniel, who faced the lion's den? How did they endure these things? The answer is by the power of the Spirit. And we have access to that same power. We have access to that same Holy Spirit today. And we, have, and we need to be leaning on him. Paul doesn't just end with, be strong in the Lord, does he? He continues. He says to put on the whole armor of God so that we can stand against the wiles of the devil. To put on. That's a choice that we need to make every day. It's not something that's already attached to us, right? When we wake up, we don't wake up with the armor, right? We need to put it on. We need to be intentional about this. Because if we're not intentional, we're going to forget. If we're not intentional, we're not going to wear it. We cannot forget about the armor of God. As we leave the house, as we start the day, we need to put this on. See, as we put on clothes before we leave the house, we must put on the armor of God when we start the day. Just as it's common sense to put clothes on, it should be common sense to put on the armor of God. Because the devil doesn't take days off. The devil is constantly looking for opportunities. He's constantly studying you to see where he can attack. So the armor is crucial. See, someone can be strong, right? have muscle, unmuscle, unmuscle. But even that person needs armor if he's going to war. I don't care how much muscle you have, if you get shot, you're done. We need both. We need strength and the armor of God. We need to be strong enough in the Lord to be able to wear the armor and to operate it, right, and to use it. And like I said, that strength comes from the Lord. Putting on the armor gives the impression of being ready, right? You don't wear an armor if you're not ready to go to war or if you don't even have um, the intention of going to war, right? Putting on the armor shows that you are ready to go, that you're not backing down, you're not you know, going home or anything, you're, you're going to war, ready for anything. You know, I think so much of our battles happens in our minds. So much of our battles happens in our brains. And the Bible tells us that we need to take every thought captive in 2 Corinthians 10.5. That we need to take every thought captive Right? There might be a thought right now in your minds, a thought of condemnation and guilt. And when you take those thoughts and take it to the cross, that's taking them captive, right? Being in control of your thoughts. Not letting those thoughts stumble you as the devil will try. He will try to use thoughts 
that's in your mind to stumble you, to discourage you, to back you away from the battle. When we take our thoughts captive, we can avoid those things. Yes, discouragement will come. This is life. There will be hard times. Sad things might happen. Discouragements will come. But when we take those thoughts, when we take those feelings to the Lord and take it to the cross, we can receive grace and peace and strength to stay standing. Yeah, I will continue to remind you of this. We cannot do this on our own. We need the Lord. So what's the armor for? Paul tells us, verse 11, right, that we might be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. That's the purpose of the armor. That's the purpose of us putting on, that's the reason behind us putting on the armor every day. That word wiles is the word methodia, and that's where, the, where we get the word methods from, right? The devil has methods of attacking us. He has his schemes. He has his plans. And daily, all the time, he's planning on how he's going to stumble us, how he's going to make us fall. Right? He, he's scheming against us, even right now. He studies our weakness, he, and he, atta- he attacks them. And in order to combat his attacks, we need to be well-armed. Jesus tells Peter in Luke 22 that Satan was asking for him. How scary is that? Hey, Simon, Satan was asking about you. I'll be like, no way. <laughs> right? That's a scary thought, but it's like a target on our backs, right? But that's the reality that we need to remember, and we cannot forget that Satan is constantly looking at how he can attack us. He studies us, he knows our weakness, and he attacks it. And so naturally, since a lot of us have different weaknesses, he will tempt different people in different ways. Maybe addiction, money, discouragement, pride, that's huge. Maybe some of us have the desire to be liked, so we'll do anything to be liked, to fit in. He will use those things to get to you and to stumble you, to to further you away from the Lord. And that's why we need to be ready. That's why it's important for us to, to get up in the morning and to wear the armor and be ready for the day. And stand and not be lazy. I mean, we do a lot of things to protect our physical bodies, right? When, when I go biking, I, I wear a helmet. <clears throat> when you do extreme sports, I don't know if any of you guys bungee jump or skydive or anything like that, but you wear helmets. <laughs> when people play, play, uh, play football, they wear paddings, they wear protective gear to protect yourself, right? People go to war, they wear body armor, and, and they wear all these things to protect them. Likewise, God gives us all the equipment we need, all the gear that we need to prepare us and to protect us during our battle. Everything we need, God gives it to us. He supplies it for us. It's there All we have to do is put it on. Notice with me, Paul says to put on the whole armor of God, not just parts of it. The whole armor. We we need all of it. 
Every piece of the armor that we'll go through today is important and is crucial. I don't want to wear the helmet because it's too hot (laughs) or it's too uncomfortable, right? We might say those things with physical things, but we cannot compromise any piece of equipment just because it makes us uncomfortable, because it's hard. We need every part of the armor. A firefighter won't run into a building without his or her helmet or the oxygen tank or, or the coat or anything like that, right? He, he or she needs everything to protect them. They need all their equipment, all their gear. In the same way we need it, we need all the gear we need or all the help we can get. Continue reading. Paul says that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities. Back in chapter 2, Paul mentions the prince of the power of the air. And he's talking about the devil here, right? He's talking about Satan, the prince. So principalities here, Paul's talking about the demons that's constantly attacking us. We're wrestling against demons, some of us without even knowing. He says powers. These are the spiritual authorities, rulers of darkness. Again, these are demonic powers we're talking about. That's where the battle is. See, a lot of times we think that the battle is physical, right? Between you and a friend. It might be your boss, your spouse, your friends, and all the political things going on right now. Coronavirus. You might think that battle is here. Certainly, Satan Satan will use those things, those people, uh, to attack us and to, to discourage us. But we need to shift our attention from those things, from the physical things to the spiritual realm. Because that's where the battle is. Paul says clearly, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. It's, it's the spiritual things that we need to be paying attention to. We get so caught up in the physical things. We get so caught up in the things that we can see with our eyes that we forget about the spiritual realm. We cannot. We get a very interesting glimpse or insight into the spiritual realm reading Daniel chapter 10. You know, Daniel, he was praying for, for weeks, around three weeks, right? Weeping and crying, Lord, help us, help us. And finally, God's, God's messenger shows up. And he brings word to Daniel, but he says, hey, we heard you the first day. But the prince of Persia withstood him 21 days, he says, until Michael, the archangel, came and helped. Right, this messenger comes to Daniel, and he gives the message from God, and then he's like, hey, I need to go back to battle. And he goes back. Such an interesting passage man, the spiritual realm is so real. And there's a battle going on every day. You've probably heard people say things like, oh man, on my way to church, my family got into a huge fight. It was a spiritual battle. <laughs> right? I think about VBS week. It's a whole week of just being here, ministering to the kids, right? I know a lot of people say, man, I couldn't get my kids in the car this morning. We were fighting, arguing the whole time, right? Like, a spiritual battle, spiritual warfare. We think that it's flesh and blood, right? We, we focus on flesh and blood, but we need to realize that there's something higher, there's something deeper going on. 
the devil is at work every day to cause you to stumble. The devil is at work every day to cause you to be distracted from the Lord. That's why many people experience these attacks on their way to church, at church, while reading their Bibles, right? You fall asleep (laughs) while praying. Spiritual warfare. The The devil loves to divide. Remember that. The devil loves to divide. He tries to divide us when we're trying to get closer to God. And the truth is, if you're facing lots of spiritual attacks, maybe you're in the right place. Maybe you're doing something right. Maybe you're right where God wants you to be, and maybe you're impacting the world, impacting the people around you for the Lord. The devil's attacking you because he sees you pursuing the Lord and making a change, making a difference in the world, and you're a threat to him. So he he attacks you. He tries to divide you from the church, tries to pull you away from the Lord. He won't waste his time attacking those who aren't making a difference, those who aren't pursuing the Lord, those who aren't Christians. Why would he waste his time attacking them? Because they're not a threat to him. So if you're being attacked by the devil, if you feel a lot of spiritual warfare going on, just be encouraged that, hey, maybe you're doing something right for the Lord. If you're a believer today, if you're a follower of Jesus, expect attacks. It's coming. We're promised. One of my favorite verses in the Bible, John 16, Jesus says that we're all going to face tribulations. It's interesting. He says, I say these things so that you may have peace. In this world, there will be tribulations. I'm like, what? But thank the Lord he doesn't end there, right? He says, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Man, that's the God that we serve, a God who overcame the world, a God who beat Satan, a God who beat death. And he's on our side. Paul continues, verse 13, Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done so, having done all, to stand. Stand, therefore. (laughs) You get the point. We need to stand. We need to stand up. We need to rise up. You know, the name of our youth group here that I get to lead is, is Rise. And the heart behind that name, the heart behind that is that the youth group will rise up in this generation and be an example. And we need to do the same. We need to stand up for the Lord. Stand our ground and not get pushed around by Satan. Man, Satan is a bully. He pushes us around, makes fun of us, points his finger at us, laughs at us, tries to discourage us. But God is on our side. Satan, the devil has nothing against the Lord. So we, with God's help, can overcome the devil. Let's see the different parts of the armor that we need to be putting on. So the first thing we see is to be girded, to to gird your waist with the truth. We need to be girded with the truth, God's truth. See, Jesus, he calls Satan the father of lies. And the best way to combat lies is with the truth, right? If you know the truth, you know what the lie is. 
by studying the truth, by knowing the truth, you know that Satan is lying to you when he does. You know, you can tell between a truth and a lie. But being the father of lies, man, Satan is really good at lying. He is really good at deceiving. He's been doing it since the day he deceived Eve. He's been doing it every day, deceiving and lying. He does it in a way that's believable. And he's been deceiving so many people. We need to be ready. By girding ourselves with the truth, we can fight the devil's lies. And this means to read the Bible, to read God's word, because God's word is truth. Right? We read in first, uh, excuse me, John 17, 17, sanctify them by your truth, your word is truth. Right? This word that we have in our hands right now, God's word, the Bible, is truth. Whenever I think about the belt of truth, I think about a carpenter or his tool belt, right? Josh Bonaro will walk around the building sometimes with his tool belt, and he, he's got, I don't know, tens and tens, I don't know, a lot of tools on his tool belt, right? And he can pull anything out of that belt. He'll be in the ceiling and just right, fixing everything. But remember this, the truth, the belt of truth comes first, we need to have the foundation of truth. And after that, after you have the belt of truth girded, after you know the truth, all the other equipment can be hung on that truth, hung on that belt, can be put on. So this is our foundation. We need to be studying the word of God. We need to be reading the word of God daily and understanding the truth. And then we can start putting on the rest of the armor. The world will say that truth is relative. But we know that's not true, right? Jesus said, I am the truth. There it is. And the truth will set you free. Let's take up the belt of truth, put it on. It's what holds everything together. It's what holds the armor together. We need the belt of truth. We need a foundation in God's word. He continues, the breastplate of righteousness. The breastplate is a crucial piece, right? Super important as we go to war. It protects the vital organs. It protects you. No soldier would dare to go out to battle without their breastplate, and we shouldn't either. Paul says, the breastplate of righteousness. Right? This is not our righteousness, but it's the righteousness we receive through our faith in Jesus. Christ makes us righteous. Jesus makes us righteous. Paul says in Romans 5.1, Therefore, since we have been made righteous through his faithful, faithfulness, combined with our faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Right? So through faith we are made righteous through, uh, in Jesus. But we need to be practicing some practical righteousness, if I can say it like that. Some practical ways of being righteous, right? I'm simply talking about doing the right thing. Live with integrity. Be loyal towards Jesus, the church, your family. Do the right thing. 
We're not living righteously if we're living in the shadows, right? compromising in different ways, living in sin. That brings guilt and shame and just not a good, healthy lifestyle. That's not walking righteous. See, the breastplate protects our hearts. Guard your hearts with righteousness. Listen when the Spirit convicts you. Oh, I shouldn't listen to this. I shouldn't watch this. I shouldn't be going here. I shouldn't be doing this. Listen to those voices that's in your heart. As the Spirit convicts you, listen to them. And the Spirit convicts us not just to be mean to us, right? He convicts us so that we don't do things that puts us in danger or we don't do things that makes God unhappy. The Spirit convicts us so that our hearts won't get pierced with sin by the devil. It helps us to walk righteously. We need to protect ourselves from evil by wearing the breastplate of righteousness. Walk righteously. I was sharing this with the youth just this past Friday about living out the gospel. Some people, some of your coworkers have never stepped foot into the church, never heard of Jesus. And we, we need to be Jesus to those people. We need to live out the gospel. Man, I want to ask you as a question, right? Do your coworkers know that you're a Christian? Are you open about your faith? Can they tell by watching you daily that there's something different about you? Can they tell that you're not just like any other worker or you're not just like any other people in the world? Can they tell that there's something different about you? Or do you just fit in with the world? Do you just fit in with everybody else? See, walking righteously means that we're not going to fit in with the world because we don't, right? We're with the Lord, and, and those two things don't fit. The world is against Jesus. And Jesus said that the world's going to hate you because I'm in you, right? It's just natural for the world to hate us, to point their finger at us because they're with the devil, are you fitting in with them, or can people tell that there's something different about you? When the people that we work with, when the people that we see every day are not believers, it can be easy for us to make compromises in different areas. We need to wear the breastplate of righteousness to protect our hearts, to wear righteousness, and to walk righteously. Let's put on the breastplate of righteousness today and walk courageously, righteously for Jesus. Paul continues, shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Verse 15. Let's talk about the protective footwear that the soldiers in Rome wore. Right? They had these special um, sandals, right? And they even put nails through the... Um, Sandals, so that it was almost like they're wearing cleats. Think about this, right? I don't care how strong your body is. I don't care how 
strong you are, right? You're, you train your core, right? And you're so strong, you can never get knocked down. But I bet you, even the strongest man on earth, if he full force hit his pinky toe on his bed, <laughs> would shed a tear. <laughs> we need to protect our feet, you guys. Proper footwear helps us to be ready. Proper footwear allows us to be flexible. Allows us not to lose our footing. Helps us to move around well. Guys, we need to be willing to be flexible for the Lord. God may call us to, to step out of our comfort zones, to do something that you never thought you would ever do. God may call us to go places that we definitely don't want to go to. God may call us to talk to people that, man, we didn't want to talk to. God may lead us through trials to shape us and to, to better us. But those things are hard. Those things are all hard. But we need to shod our feet with the preparation of the gospel, right? We need to wear proper footwear for spiritual battle so that we can go and do the things that God wants us and tells us to do. Remember, Paul, he, he's in prison right now writing this letter, and he's chained to a soldier. And so naturally, I, I imagine as he's writing this, he's just studying the soldier and what he's wearing. The Roman soldiers, they were ready. They were prepared. Like I said, right, they wore proper footwear, cleats almost. They, they wrapped their ankles so that they don't sprain them. We need to protect our readiness. We need to make time to prepare ourselves for anything and not lose our footing. 1 Peter 3.15, Sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that's in you with meekness and fear, right? Always be ready. 1 Peter 3.15. Sometimes the opportunity comes for us to share the gospel, for us to show kindness, uh, for us to just bless someone, but we don't do it because we're not ready. It caught, off, it caught us off guard. And we can avoid that by always being ready, right? The gospel is our foundation. Like I said before, the truth is our foundation. The gospel is our foundation. It's what we stand on. We can always fall back on the gospel. It will never disappoint. It will never lead us astray. It will never contradict itself. It will never divide, and it will never lie. We need to be equipped with the gospel and be ready for anything that comes our way. The gospel is powerful. It can change lives. The gospel is the power to salvation, Romans 1.19. 116. Keep it in your hearts. Hold on to the gospel. Share it. Be equipped by it. Always be ready. The next thing that Paul lists is the shield of faith. Notice with me his wording here. He says, above all, taking the shield of faith. This is an important piece of the armor. Notice with me Excuse me, 1 Peter 5, 8, right? You guys all know this verse. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, he walks around 
like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. What an image. What a picture. Right? The devil is walking around just looking for opportunities to destroy, to devour us. We need the shield, the shield of faith that can stop the attacks of the enemy, that can protect us from him. The shield of faith. The Romans were unstoppable, right? They had this tactic that really worked for them. They would put themselves in a row, shoulder to shoulder, right? And then they put their big shield in front of them, and they make this wall. And then the next row will come behind them, and then they'll put their shield on top of them, making a roof, right? And then the next row would do the same. And then it would just be this invincible tank of armed people, right, just walking slowly, inching towards their enemy. Invincible. There's no room for the enemy to attack. And then they will, they will slide their swords in between the little spaces between the shields, and then they'll, they'll attack that way, right? Invincible. Guys, we need to do the same against the devil. When I read this, to take up our shield, I'm, re, I'm reminded of something important for us to remember, and that's that we need to protect or shield our unity. We need each other. We might have our differences, different hobbies, different you know, mindsets or different um, opinions about things, but we have one thing in common for sure, and that's Jesus. And that should be enough to unite us. And there's safety in numbers. The devil wants to confuse us and divide us. But we read, uh, Paul says, we need the shield so that we can quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. When I read this, I don't read just one dart coming our way, right? Psh, just block one dart. No. I think about the movies <laughs> where there are hundreds, if not thousands of darts on fire coming our way. And one shield is hard to protect us from those darts. We need each other. We need to create that wall. We need to create the invincible tank, if you will, right, to protect us from those fiery darts that the devil shoots at us. We need to be standing side by side, shoulder to shoulder, putting up our shields, working together, encouraging each other, building each other up, picking each other up, protecting each other, working together, using our shield of faith together. No room for the devil to attack. No room for his arrows to pierce us. I've seen some videos of lions hunting. It's pretty cool. Um, but they always, right, um, go after the one that strayed away. or They'll always go after the one that's uh, separated from the herd or separated from its group because they're vulnerable. By themselves, they're vulnerable. In the same way, the devil will try to divide us. He'll try to drive a wedge between us and, and, and separate us so that we're by ourselves. Let's not let that happen, you guys. We need each other. We need to stay in fellowship. We need to have a community that loves Jesus, that can help us and encourage us in the Lord. We need to be united.
The shield that we read is the shield of faith. Man, faith is a big part of being a Christian, of walking with the Lord. Hebrews 11.6 says, Without faith it is impossible to please him. Ephesians 2.8, For by grace you have been saved through faith, not of ourselves. When we go through life and we face trials and hardships that we're promised that we're going to face, right? Our faith in Jesus is what gets us through it. Our faith in Jesus is what helps each other. We can have faith that God's promises will always come true. And there are so many comforting promises that we can find in the Bible. Deuteronomy 31.8, the Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. The idea that he's in front of us, protecting us, leading us, right? He will never leave you nor forsake you. Joshua 1.9, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you whenever you, wherever you go. Psalm 23.4, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod, your staff, they comfort me. When you're around other people, when you have people who have faith in Jesus, and faith in these verses that, right, that God's word is true, that these things are, that, that they're true, when we're being attacked, they can help you. You can help them. We can help each other. By reminding each other of these verses, by reminding each other of God's goodness and his power, shielding us from the enemy's attacks. Man, remember, there's safety in numbers. Stay in fellowship. Don't let the devil separate you from the church, separate you from fellowship just because there are some disagreements or, or some hurt feelings. We need to stay in fellowship. We need each other or we will be vulnerable. There's not much excitement in defensive gear, right? When I'm playing my video games sometimes, right, I equip my character with some <laughs> gear, right? But I'm not always super excited about the armor or the shield. I'm always excited about the guns, right, or the sword. I always loved offensive gear. I think a lot of us can be the same, right? But we for sure are excited about the defensive gear when it protects us, aren't we? <laughs> we might not be excited about wearing a helmet until it protects us and it saves us when we fall on the ground. We're like, man, I'm so glad I had this helmet on. But the thing is, if you fell without the helmet, it could be too late. And so don't wait till you're glad that you had it. Just be ready for anything. Wear the armor at all times. The helmet of salvation, Paul continues. We need to protect our minds. Like I said before, lots of us, our spiritual battle happens in our minds. We need to protect it. One blow to our heads and we could be done. The devil will deceive us, lie to us, and try to attack our minds. Get us to think that, get us to think that things are personal, right? And so you, you start to get mad or upset or sad. I think the devil uses dis, uh, excuse me, discouragement a lot. He discourages us. He tries to you know, get us to be sad and separate ourselves and just be in our own little you know, pity party. Right? I'm so sad. Discouragement can lead us to separate ourselves from people, from fellowship. Discouragement can lead us to lose our joy. Discouragement can lead to 
want to quit and, and just stop fighting. But the helmet of salvation guards us from those things, right? We are equipped with the helmet of salvation. When we are equipped with that, it will be hard for us to stay discouraged, stay sad about something. Because salvation will and should bring us joy. Thinking that Jesus overcame already, thinking that you will spend the rest of eternity with the Lord in heaven, salvation will guard our minds and protect it from Satan's attacks. The joy that we get from remembering that we are saved, that there's salvation for us, that Jesus already won, to wash away any doubt, any fear, any discouragement that we might be feeling today. If that's you today, if you're feeling discouraged about something, remember the joy of salvation. And God's in control. We don't have to worry. We don't have to be anxious. Let the gospel, let God's salvation guard our minds from those things. Jesus made a way for us. He loved us enough to, to save us. What joy that brings. It would be foolish for us to go to war without a helmet, and it would be foolish for us to go to spiritual war without our helmet to protect our head. We need to protect our minds. Finally, Paul says to take up the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. The Bible, right? This is our weapon. The thing that we're always excited about when we play video games. The, the, the offensive weapon, the only offensive weapon that we're that, that's mentioned here, and the only offensive weapon that we need. We read about Eliezer, one of David's mighty men, in 2 Samuel, how he stood his ground and fought. His hands were tired, but it was glued or, or stuck to his sword. We need to grip the sword of the Spirit like he did. Never drop it, never let it go. It is our weapon, as if it's a part of our arm, right? The sword is just a part of our everyday carry. We need to have it every day. Remember Jesus, when he was tempted in the wilderness by the devil, he fought back with the word. He fought back with scripture, and the devil backed away. He was setting an example for us to follow. The devil cannot stand against truth. Lies always lose to truth. This is our weapon, you guys. Pick up your weapon. Hebrews 4.12, we, we studied this a, couple, uh, a few Sundays ago, right? For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and joints and marrow, and is a discerner of thoughts and intents of the heart. This is our sword. I'm preaching to myself here too because I'm guilty, but we need to be memorizing scripture. Jesus, when he was tempted in the desert, he didn't have scrolls, right? Like when the devil was like, hey, turn these stones into, uh, excuse me, stones into bread and eat it. He's like, I think there was a scripture about it. He like pulls up his scrolls. No, he had it in his mind. He was ready to fight back. When the devil attacks us and we have scripture memorized, we can fight back right away. 
you're stupid, you're not loved, you're alone, right? The devil will lie to us like that, and, and we believe those lies at times. But when we, when we know the truth, when we study God's word, we know that those things aren't true. We know that God loves us, that God cares about us enough to send his son to die. If we know the truth, we can combat the devil's lies and stay standing. It's good to have the sword of the Spirit, but we need to know how to use it. I recently watched a video of this guy <laughs> chopping wood with his axe, but it was awkward. It was weird. It, it, he didn't know how to use that axe. Like, just this body movement. It was weird to look at and like, dangerous, right? Like it's, he didn't know how to use his axe. Missing the wood <laughs> and just dangerous. Just because we have the sword of the Spirit doesn't mean that we know how to use it, and we need to practice we need to study it every day. We need to, to train with the sword of the Spirit every day. The devil's not threatened by us just simply holding the sword. He's threatened by us when we know how to use it. When we know how to combat his lies with the truth. And it comes from reading the Bible every day. You're not going to know it unless you read it. By opening that Bible up every day, every day, and soaking it in. Man, it's important. It's vital for us to have a healthy relationship with the Father. And we can't have a good, healthy relationship without communication. And this is how he talks to us a lot of times. God wants to speak to us. He already spoke, you know, words into this book, and, and all we have to do is read it and receive it. So let's do that. Christians can be so ignorant of the word these days. Christians can be so out of practice of reading the Bible, of using that sword. You can be a Christian for years and, and never read the Bible. You can be a Christian and never have Scripture memorized. And that's not you training and practicing to, to wield the sword. Let's not be lazy Christians, but let's be proactive Christians who are walking, who are standing constantly, ready for war, active in God's word. Let's continue. Verse 18 through 20. Um, Paul reminds us the importance of prayer. We cannot forget about prayer, you guys. A lot of times, things happen in life, and, and we run to people, we run to books, we run to different resources, but we forget to run to the Lord. And we need to run to the Lord first. Notice with me that Paul, he asks the Ephesians for prayer for himself. He knew the importance of prayer for each other. Sometimes we go through difficult times and we forget to pray, right? We forget to ask for prayer. Oh, you might think that your need, your difficulty is not big enough to ask for prayer. That's not true. First of all, God cares about everything that's going on in our lives. He cares about you so much. And he wants us to pray for each other. He wants us to pray together. The disciples knew the importance of prayer. They, they went to Jesus and said, hey, Lord, teach us to pray and I like that. They didn't say teach us how to pray. They said teach us to pray. They saw Jesus praying all the time, being just connected with the Father, and they knew that it was important. 
And so let's ask Jesus today to help us, to teach us to pray. Because guys, we need to be constantly in prayer. Don't be afraid to ask for prayer. Don't be afraid to share with a brother or a sister. Romans 12, 12, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, constantly, steadfastly in prayer. Always praying, always praying. We need to be doing that. Paul uses the word ambassador to describe himself, and that's what we are. All of us here are ambassadors for the Lord. An ambassador is a re- someone who represents something, right, or a country. We represent heaven. We represent God in this world. We don't belong here. This, is in, this isn't our home. And this goes back to what I was talking about earlier, how we, the people around us should know that we're Christian. The people around us should know that there's something different about us because we are ambassadors for Christ. So let's be courageous. Let's be strong in the Lord. Don't let your coworkers, don't let anybody make, you, make compromises in your faith. Just walk strong in the Lord. Walk righteously. Spiritual warfare is very real, you guys. And I, I need to be reminded of it daily because I forget. I get so caught up in the physical. Now forget about the spiritual. Let's remember that there's spiritual warfare going on right now. It will be going on an hour from now, every day, for the rest of our lives. Let's be aware of it and know that we cannot fight the spiritual warfare without the proper gear, without the proper armor. Just like when you leave the house, you, you check your pockets, right? Wallet, keys, phone. Good. You need to be checking your armor. Helmet, breastplate, shoes, <laughs> belt, right? Like we just sword, shield. Make a checklist and just remember to put it on every day because we need it. We need the, the, the gear that God's provided us. And finally, we need each other. Stay in fellowship. Seek out fellowship. We need each other to stay strong. There is safety in numbers. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we love you. God, we are so grateful that we get to be here today and study your word. Father, I pray that you will remind us the importance of being ready for spiritual warfare. God, you have supplied us with everything that we need. Lord, with your strength, with your equipment, God, help us to just put those things on every day, Lord, and to be aware of spiritual warfare. Thank you that you are more powerful than the devil. Thank you that no one, nothing can stand against you, Lord. Protect us today. Protect us this week. Help us to walk righteously and walk strong in you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.